Welcome to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. This bi-weekly podcast is created to be a safe space to admit what we truly believe in our hearts. And many of us, when we take the time to truly examine ourselves, will find some sort of shame, fear, or lies hiding in there. And it is never God's will for us to stay in bondage to those. It's His truth that sets us free from them. But there's a huge difference between having biblical knowledge floating around in our heads and actually believing that it's true. Until God's truth makes its way into our hearts, nothing changes. We'll be doing a mix of solo episodes and interviews with friends who have experienced the freedom that comes when head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. The truth will set you free so you can walk every day in the freedom God desires for you. It's time to let go of shame, fear, and lies. Those aren't yours to carry. Thanks for joining us. Before we jump into your episode, let me ask you something. Are you feeling tired, burnt out, or just feel like you're running in circles without any clear direction? In a world that's designed to keep us constantly busy, it's really easy to lose sight of the bigger picture. Mary Ellen Hacko is an artist, a writer, a small business owner, and was one of my favorite guests I've ever had on this show, and her second episode is releasing super soon, and she's written a new book that you need to get your hands on, how do I say this, as soon as possible. It's called Slow Liliquies. That's right, say it with me, Slow Liliquies. This book is an invitation to pause and rediscover the sacred rhythms of ordinary life. Her poetry is captivating. Her words are going to soothe your busy soul, bring you clarity on what matters most, give you a deeper understanding of yourself and your creator, and remind you that even when life is chaotic, your every day matters very deeply. You can order your copy by visiting maryellenhacko.com.au slash slowliloquies, and you can use the code HEADTOHEART10 for 10% off your book. So that's a pretty good deal. The link will be in the show notes, so go ahead, get your copy, I'll wait for you, and then I'll introduce you to today's episode and topic. Welcome back to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. Today, I'm bringing guests that I'm actually really surprised it's taken this long for Bethany to become <laughs> a guest because I, I've known you for, well, we, well, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Bethany, <laughs> why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are. Make sure to include a fun fact in there and let's tell them how we became friends. Yes. Um, Thanks for having me, Jenny. I'm so excited. And long time coming. Yeah, I'm so honored to have a chance to be in your podcast. So thanks for having me. But as you mentioned, my name is Bethany Hall, and I'm currently a homemaker and excitedly awaiting to be a mama. Um, I'm married to my wonderful husband, Matthew, and we live in South Carolina. And are expecting our rainbow baby in just a few short weeks. And we're super excited. Yeah, we're so excited. Um, And Jenny and I became friends when we worked together in the same department at the university that we graduated from. And I would say we became fast friends because of Jenny's good jokes and music taste. (laughs) And (laughs) just overall awesomeness. 
and I'm so blessed to call her a friend. Um, and one fun fact is actually that Jenny and I rode camels through the desert together in the Middle East, and her camel had a muzzle on it. And I just think that's worth noting. <laughs> and I just wanted to let everyone know that. He had a muscle. I named him Scooter, right? Yes, yes. Scooter. I mean, he probably already had a name. And I just didn't know. But I decided, okay, this camel has a muzzle. I think it needs to be named Scooter. Yeah, totally fitting. Yes. I loved it. Completely fitting. <laughs> and what's crazy is that we probably yeah. became friends like maybe a year and a half ago. But I've known of you for maybe like over four years yeah we were just never in the same circles we were never in the same dorm building or or church or life group yeah and we were never in the cafeteria at the same time in college it's we just true. knew of each other but did not become friends until maybe a year and a half ago man I missed out but <laughs> maybe it was you know, like when you think of yourself freshman year and you yeah. kind of cringe, maybe it was divine providence. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably the Lord knew. He was that. like, they'll meet after they're refined. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It'll just be better that way. Yeah. yeah. No, it was wonderful. Yes. So Bethany, take it away. Tell us what have you been set free from? Yeah, I love this question and I love that you ask it on every podcast and it's so amazing to just again and again hear testimonies of God's faithfulness as he has worked and continues to work in the lives of his people. So thanks for asking. Um, But God has set me free from shame and a little backstory. I grew up in the church, um, but for many years I was living a very sinful and worldly lifestyle, and I had so much shame about my sin and the life um, that I was living, and I just felt really stuck. And I got to the point where I not only felt rejected by the church because of how bad I was, but I also felt rejected by the world and the crowd that I was in. And it was in this place where the Lord so graciously and tenderly drew near to me and just began to correct my thoughts and ideas about who he was and about how he felt about me. Um, And yeah, he just gently drew me in and welcomed me with open arms and began to remove that shame piece by piece. Um, And I, I can just remember several turning points of feeling so free (laughs) and, um, just really like tangibly feeling like shame was lifted off of me. This has definitely been a journey for me um, and one that I'm still on. <laughs> but I, I would say for most of my life, I have been a person who's been chronically over busy, chronically hurried, And slowing down and learning to rest is absolutely not something (laughs) that has come naturally or easily to me. Um, My parents are wonderful, but I did not grow up in a family that prioritized rest or even really knew how to rest. And we were always that family (laughs) that had something going on every single night. We did every single extracurricular activity 
attended every event, and it seemed like we wore our busyness like a badge. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> That's so crazy to say because you grew up in a pretty small town. I did. So I did. This like really can apply to anyone, not just if they're in the middle of a metro city or like in the middle of cornfields. <laughs> Absolutely, and I, I think it does like kind kind of tying back to the shame piece. I think. I was running from so much as well. And I was, um, yeah, really as like a way to distract and numb out was this draw to like feeling every single second. And so I think they go hand in hand, but they don't have to. Um, I know busyness and hurriedness is something that as a society, you know, we really struggle with. Um, and if you're listening to this, I'm positive that you know people like this, or maybe you are one of these people yourself. When, you know, maybe when people ask you how you are, your go-to answer might be, oh man, things are just so busy, or, you know, good, good, we're staying busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's almost a pride in how much you do or accomplish, and the thought of resting or having a free night or gasp, maybe even a week with nothing going on, feels, <laughs> right? Like, what? Feels lazy or unproductive to you. Um, and I know I have been there and I've felt that way. And maybe you feel like you should be doing something because there's something on your to-do list. Or you have the time, so you should fill it. Um, and like I said, I have been in this place and if I'm not careful this is still my default Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) and it really wasn't until my sophomore year of college when these thoughts and patterns really began to change and to be challenged and I really all because of a wonderful roommate I had Um, shout out to you Rochelle (laughs) we love you Rochelle (laughs) we love you um (laughs) that she she faithfully took a sabbath every single week and this seems simple but this is this is really something that i had never seen modeled and i was amazed as i watched her set aside time to the lord even if it meant not getting work done um and it wasn't that she had nothing to do and that's why she got to rest but even when she had things to do even assignments she set them aside and committed to taking a day simply to rest. And I observed her do this all year long, and it was incredible. <laughs> um, but it wasn't, it wasn't even then that I, like, took the step to make a change. Like, this was such a challenge for me and the way that I had grown up and was living my life. And so it wasn't until a year later where the Lord really taught me to rest or more so forced me into it. <laughs> um, so at the time, I was living overseas, and COVID restrictions were really tight in the country that I was living in. And so truly, for a season, I, I couldn't do much, and I couldn't do things that I would have considered productive. And I found myself being forced to rest, and it was so, so hard. <laughs> um and I, I really didn't know how to. I remember feeling like I didn't even know what things were restful for me. 
I didn't know what rest should look like. And honestly, I hated it. It felt lazy and I constantly felt like I should be doing something that I deemed productive. But slowly, as I leaned into the Lord and into the space and time I had, I found myself refreshed and free to listen and think and create and write in ways that I hadn't before. Um, And it was really amazing. (laughs) So that is kind of my backstory on where I've come from and how the Lord has begun to do this work in my life. That's incredible. I completely relate because I feel like all of my high school years, I was just chronically busy and I didn't realize at the time, but I was also running or distracting myself from something, just like you said. And I bet that so many listeners get it because we've all been through a pandemic. (laughs) Right. We're like, it was just so jarring to be like, what do you mean nothing's open? What do you mean I can't go to the store or see friends? And that is a beautiful testimony that it actually worked out for the good of those who love God. Amen. Amen. It really is sweet how much healing can happen and uh, just how much God can accomplish when we give him the space and the time and the attention to do so. And it's, it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I bet there are some listeners who are thinking, you know, well, yes, I am a busybody and I like to keep myself occupied, and but I'm doing okay. Like, I'm not exhausted all the time or I don't have chronic fatigue, but even if we're not noticing, there still can be detrimental effects. So what it, what is the cost of actually being too busy? Yeah, that's a great question. Corey Ten Boom <laughs> once said that if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Oh my gosh. I knew you were going to bring that quote. Really? I was going to bring that quote if you weren't going to bring that quote. Oh, such a good Go quote. <laughs> right? And I, I just think there's so much truth to that. In John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which I will reference a lot as we chat, um, he talks about how both sin and busyness actually have the same effect in our lives, which is crazy um, because they both cut off our connection to God, to other people, and even to our own soul. And reading John Mark Comer's book was a huge catalyst in my shift to eliminate hurry from my life. And I highly, highly recommend reading his book um, because he does an incredible job of answering this question. But He talks a lot about how love, joy, and peace are simply incompatible with hurry. And as humans, when we are filled to the brim with hurry and activities and busyness, we are missing out (laughs) on the abundant life of the kingdom of God. Um, If we buy into this constant busyness, we miss out on the empty spaces that allow us to hear the Father, to connect with Him, to be aware of the things that He's speaking or doing in our hearts and lives. And I think overall this can make us complacent, it can make us less creative, numb, it could lead to burnout and apathy towards God, others, and our life. 
And maybe those are the extremes. <laughs> like, That's so yeah. convicting. I mean, it's not even that extreme. That can definitely happen. Yeah, it's so easy. And um, I also think we potentially miss out on opportunities to truly love and serve those around us if we're disconnected from the voice and the leading of the Father. Because love takes time and hurry doesn't have doesn't have it just doesn't have the time doesn't have the time to spare (laughs) um and yeah I just think there's so many so many opportunities that we miss when we're distracted or hurried um one quote I want to share that touches on this question it's kind of a long one but it's really good (laughs) I'm gonna share it it reads as follows hurry kills joy gratitude appreciation people in a rush don't have time to enter the goodness of the moment it kills wisdom wisdom is born in the quiet the slow wisdom has its own pace it makes you wait for it wait for the inner voice to come to the surface of your temptuous mind but not until waters of thought settle and calm hurry kills all that we hold dear spirituality, health, marriage, family, thoughtful work, creativity, generosity. Name your value. (laughs) Hurry is a sociopathic predator loose in our society. Boom, roasted. Right? (laughs) Phew. Those Those are big statements, but I think they're powerful ones worth considering. And those are, those are all such a costly price to pay Mm -hmm. um and so I think yeah even just considering you know maybe you're not burnt out and you feel like you're doing fine um but even just to sit and consider um yeah if there's things that you might be missing out on if if we're hurried and distracted and busy and not being a people of rest Wow, that is beyond convicting. Woo! (laughs) For me too. (laughs) How could listeners tell if they are too busy and they're starting to reevaluate every area of their life? What are some signs they could look out for? Yeah, this is a great question. And I I think obviously this is going to look differently for each person. Um, We're all created differently we're all in different seasons we all have different capacities but there I think are some practical ways or um, I could call them check-in questions you can ask yourself as a little heart check Um, so I wrote a couple down and I'll just read them do you constantly feel like you are running on fumes and trying to catch up on life (laughs) do you feel guilty when you quote unquote aren't doing anything or struggle with feeling like you should be doing something on your list when you have downtime. This might be an indication that you have the wrong view of rest. You don't need to earn rest or even have everything done before you can rest. Do you have regular pockets of time to just be and connect with the Lord? Pockets of time to set aside to just simply stop and listen and sit in his presence? 
Do you have time and capacity to love and serve those around you from a place of rest and joy and not duty or apathy? Whether it be serving at church, serving your family, or checking in on friends and neighbors. Do you have time to tap into different passions with the Lord? For you, this might be journaling or painting or getting in nature or writing poetry or decorating your home. Whatever it is that he's laid on your heart, does your lifestyle create space for these things? And I love this question posed by John Mark Comer in his book. What would my life be like if God touched my mind as frequently as I touch my phone? Well, right. <laughs> um, and a follow up to that question. Do you feel like your phone or your media habits control you? Mm. And lastly, is your life serving you as you walk in and serve the kingdom of God? Or are you a slave to your life and your activities? So I could go on. <laughs> I love how John Ortberg explains it. Uh, He states, hurry is not just a disordered schedule, but is a disordered heart. So truly just check in on yourself. Um, You can ask these questions that I just read or um, come up with your own. But even even a weekly check-in, if you are wanting to make steps in your life to eliminate hurry, um, can be really helpful. Are things disordered, not only in your schedule, but in your heart? And just invite the Lord into that and allow him to make changes if he needs to. Wow, those are great check-in questions. If, I mean, even some of them have have to do with feeling this sense of honor or um, pride when we're doing a lot. And we, yeah. we, it feels good to have people look at us and think, wow, how does she do it? You know, right? But if a listener's identity is tied into what they do instead of who God says they are, how could they begin to get out of that mindset? Oof, yes. <laughs> this is such a good question and something that I often struggle with and really have to submit to the Lord. Um, I think our society really functions from the mindset that our value and purpose comes from what we do. (laughs) And even as young kids, there's an emphasis put on, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm -hmm. And then in college, the emphasis is what you're studying or what your degree is. And then as adults, it's what career you hold. And Mm -hmm. so it's so sticky and easy to fall into this trap and mindset that we are somehow more impressive or more successful um, based off of what we do. And we really tie our identity to this. But what we do is not our identity. And I think as believers, we know this in our head. And it's not, it's just often not a head-to-heart connection. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But Jesus makes it clear in Scripture that our identity is solely rooted in Him. And I really think the best way to break free from this toxic mindset is to pray often about it, to submit our thoughts again and again to the Lord, um, to take our thoughts captive, and to ask Him 
to give us right thinking about our identity and about who we are. And I think um, for me, it can be really helpful to memorize or meditate on scriptures about our identity and just often remind ourselves that our, our sonship or our daughtership and identity are not conditional or based on what we do, um, but rather based on what Jesus Christ has done on the cross for us. And I just think this is a truth that we have to preach to ourselves over and over um, because we are forgetful people and we live in, yeah, a world that really does praise um, busyness and productivity. And um, the kingdom of God just does not function that way. (laughs) And so it really is by God's grace alone and his truth and his word and the renewing of our minds that we can break free from the mindset and perspective of the world. Yeah. And I like how you said to pray often because prayer is something that we do not have time for when we're too busy. Yeah. And even just a simple prayer as you are doing something else is the art of noticing is the art of noticing that God is with you right then. And we just pride ourselves so much on our self-reliance as Americans. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm super independent, so I can do it all. And prayer is to say, actually, no, I I can't do it all. (laughs) Right. Yeah. To humbly admit our limitations Mm -hmm. (laughs) is, is a beautiful thing. And even, yeah, when it comes to productivity, knowing our limitations, I think, is humility and, and trusting the Lord and how he's created us. And um, yeah, it's just beautiful. So I love that you added that. I mean, it may be easier to, once you are not in Christ, you don't know God to admit, okay, yes, I do need God. And then like salvation happens, you start walking with the Lord. Maybe it's harder when you're like, I'm a Christian. I should know. I should know that you know, I need him, but, Mm. but we stumble back into self-reliance. It's just crazy. Yeah. We're so forgetful. (laughs) Forgetful creatures. We We are are sheep. sheep. (laughs) Yes. I was even just talking to a friend today, literally before we are starting to record now about new year's resolutions and everything and Mm. one of hers is to slow her life down and I was like wow what a great resolution (laughs) yeah what are some practical steps listeners could take as we go into 2024 to slow their life down yeah that's a great question I think there are a lot of practical steps that you can take um But I think a great way to begin slowing down intentionally is to practice the spiritual discipline of taking a Sabbath. Um, The word Sabbath, it comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, and it literally means to stop. And I love how it's explained, (laughs) again, in John Mark Comer's book. He explains it as more than a day, but rather as a way of being in the world. Um, And he says, it's a spirit of restfulness that comes from abiding and from living in the Father's presence all week long. I think that's so beautiful. And 
something that I think is important to note is that this is really hard work. (laughs) Um, And there, there really is discipline to the Sabbath that is hard for most people. And it takes incredible intentionality. It, it won't just happen to us. And it takes planning and preparation and even a lot of self-control to say no to a list of possibly really good things, really good activities and opportunities for the sake of saying yes to the best. Um, but Sabbath is truly the primary practice by which we can cultivate that spirit of restfulness in our lives as a whole. And uh, the word Shabbat can also be translated to mean to delight. And I really love this translation. Um, There's a quote on the Sabbath by Dan Allender. It's another long one. So hang in there with me. I'm going to buckle up. Go ahead. (laughs) But it's worth it. He says, the Sabbath is an invitation to enter delight. The Sabbath, when experienced as God intended, is without question or thought the best day of the week. It is the day we anticipate on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the day we remember on Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Sabbath is a holy time where we feast, play, dance, have sex, sing, pray, laugh, tell stories, read, paint, walk, and watch creation in its fullness. This, the last two sentences are really good. Okay. Few people are willing to enter in the, in the Sabbath and sanctify it to make it holy because a full day of delight and joy is more than most people can bear in a lifetime, let alone a week. Whoa. Isn't that so good? Um, so, yeah, I just love that so much. And in summary, <laughs> practical steps that I think you can take is gear up for eliminating hurry. If you are attempting to take a Sabbath as you take a stand against hurry in your life, plan for it. Um, Something that's been helpful, I think, on my own journey is approaching the Sabbath like a holiday and be gearing up for it all week long, knowing that you're going to take time and set aside that day for rest. So mentally prepare yourself to set aside your list of to-dos, even if you don't get them all done during the week. And again, I would say that this is really a skill to hone. (laughs) Like I mentioned earlier, this is actually really hard work and it's a spiritual discipline and a practice and it it doesn't come naturally to us. Um, But just begin by setting aside that phone turning it off for the whole day if you need. I know I need to do this more often. Um, Get alone with God. Say a prayer to invite the Lord into your space and your time. Rest and worship in whatever ways fill your soul. Maybe light some candles, have a special meal. Just sit if you'd like. There aren't rigid rules, but challenge yourself to let God have space in your life because what you give your attention to is the person you become. Um, So those are some, yeah, practical steps um, just to begin that process. That's so wise. I mean, every week 
you know, I give it my best <laughs> to, to have a Sabbath. And what was really encouraging to me, like I've read the Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer, um, which was so convicting. Yes. Beyond convicting. I also listened recently to a podcast by him and he just briefly mentioned Sabbath in it. It wasn't about the Sabbath fully, but um, he said that you're going to start out really terrible at Sabbath. Yeah. And it's really hard when you see how bad you are at it to keep going and keep trying <laughs> every week. I was like, that's where I am. You see me, John. <laughs> because it's like, it's almost a sense of failure when you first start out of like, right. I really don't know what I'm doing, but it does get better. It has gotten better. And I've learned more about what I enjoy, what is restful for me, what I actually need to do the day before Sabbath to prepare for it. I mean, it's an art. It is truly a discipline. Truly. And that's, yeah, that is so true. I feel like we are a people (laughs) that really hate to do things that we're bad at. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But it's, yeah, it's so worth it to lean in. And I feel like we learn so much about ourselves when we, when we Sabbath, like you were saying, just like learning what, what actually does refresh my soul and how does the Lord speak to me when I give him the space to, and you know, how can we connect in ways that I'm not even aware of? And there's just so much to learn about how God has created us and so much to learn about who God is and it's all right there for us to um, to taste and to see if we simply, yeah, set aside um, the time and the distractions and give our attention to to God in that way. So I think there's a clear distinction between what people who don't know God, are trying to do because I feel like slow living and um, stress-free living, like those are very popular terms, whether mm-hmm. you're a Christian or not. If you just go on social media, you're probably going to see that. And here's right. like a course on how to be less stressed and how to cope and um, meditation, yes, or... meditation and manifest your dreams. <laughs> Things like that. Yeah. But, The difference is when you're doing it through Sabbath and with the Lord, there is someone who can actually carry your burdens. Amen. I mean, there isn't anyone to carry your burdens when you're trying to do it without God. Yeah, that is a great distinction. Um, Because truly, yeah, if you were if you were just resting without the Lord, man, I'm like trying to even imagine that it's like, I can't do that. <laughs> it's like, what is restful about that? Like, yeah, nope. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm just still sitting with, yeah, with all those burdens with my weary um, soul, but in the midst of rest with the Lord, um, we have hope and truth to cling to and he does give us true rest and peace and joy and 
He even, he's, you know, he tells us, come to me all who weary and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. And that's a promise that we can, we can cling to. Well, we have mentioned this resource a hundred times over. It's <laughs> yes. so darn good. So besides The Ruthless mm-hmm. Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer, which of course we recommend, yes. is there any other resources you recommend too? Yeah, definitely that one. I quoted him so much as we were chatting. Um, but Jess Connolly, you can find her on Instagram, um, also has some great resources and podcasts. And she just came out with a book regarding rest. Um, and I will mention, I haven't actually read this her book on this topic yet, so I can't fully you know, can't fully recommend it, but I have enjoyed some of her other resources and some of her other books. And so that, that could be something to look into, um, if a listener is wanting more and, um, also a great book on spiritual disciplines in general is called the celebration of discipline. Um, I really enjoy this book. It it does cover all the spiritual disciplines, but it has a great chapter on the Sabbath. If that was something that a listener was wanting to dig a little bit further into. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also just thought of this book. So I'm going to add this to our list. Yes. But I, I don't even know if you've read it. I know you know of it at least, but it's Gentle and Lowly. That book? Yes, I love that book. That's a great I love one that to too. I can't think of the author off the top of my head, but we'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, that's a great one. Highly recommend. Then also a resource of my own that will be available. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes. Is a I created a burnout prevention training. So this is a short video that will help you as listeners prevent burnout from coming to you and if you start to notice like oh yeah I think there are a couple areas in my life that are just too busy that I've choked out intimacy with God because I've filled my schedule too much then this is for you and this isn't like if you're already this you don't have to be already in the pit of chronic burnout for this to apply to you this is for everyone who does not want to get burnt out or more burnt out. So you can, you can <laughs> click on it in the show notes. We I, love that. Jenny's I, tossing us a life raft. Everyone grab on. Everyone grab on. <laughs> We're going to make it. <laughs> Bethany, I cannot thank you enough for being the guest because you have a lot of wisdom in this area. You listen so well on this topic. You want to, you're just a learner and you want to learn so much about this which is probably why you have been able to refine it and been able to practice and fail and get up again and then practice and do better the next time so we're all learning from you (laughs) thank you for for being the guest today oh thanks for having me truly such an honor and yeah we're we're on the journey together is there any final encouragement you just want to give a listener right now you can do this man (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think um just make a first step it's not gonna be perfect and like we mentioned earlier this discipline is hard for most people uh, myself included and even some personalities are just more prone to 
being task oriented. I know I can relate with that. Um, but just an encouragement to make a step. If you feel the Lord, you know, tugging on your heart, asking you to slow down, um, just little, a little thing like setting aside your phone for an hour a week or whatever feels, um, doable and palatable, I would challenge you to start there. So that's my encouragement. Perfect. Thank you so much for being the guest. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Head to Heart Podcast. It's a joy to record them and a joy to have you listen. Since you're a dedicated listener and made it to the very end of the episode, I have two gifts for you. One is that I have a free resource linked in the show notes for you. It's a resource created to help you take the truth you've learned either in this episode or in a previous one and apply it to your life. The second gift I have for you is access to my seasonal playlists. Every season, summer, fall, winter, spring, I create a regular playlist and a worship playlist that will be ongoing throughout the season. And you'll be able to follow it on Spotify if you need some good boogie tunes. Because let's be honest, in another life, I would have been a DJ. So you now have full access to meet all your seasonal music needs in the show notes. As always, I love hearing from you. So follow me on Instagram and send me a DM of how this episode impacted you. The handle is head to heart underscore podcast. And if you would be so kind, leave a five-star rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the website. By doing this, you'll help me get more amazing guests on the show in the future. I'll be releasing new episodes to you every other Friday, so stay tuned and thanks for joining us.